Hello and welcome to Creatives on Speed, where we talk to creative thinkers, doers and makers from all walks of life about their work and their inspirations. And today I'm talking to the artist Matt Dukes. Hi Matt, how are you doing? Hey, I feel the need to wave. (laughs) It's a Zoom call. Oh, I'll wave back. There you go. The word artist can take on many forms. So explain Mm. a bit about the work you do and um, all sorts of things that you do. All sorts of things about the work I do. So as an artist, I like to explore the idea of memory and and the way which we hold memories inside objects and how memories are able to kind of take us back to that particular time uh, through a piece of work. So all of my work is about trying to capture a emotional memory of a place rather than a figurative um, representation of that. And the sort of mediums I work in is everything from printmaking all the way through to photography and painting. Yeah, your work's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm good at fangirl, you know. I'm a huge, huge fan of your work. Um, it's very atmospheric. It's moody. It's just got so many. There's so many beautiful colours you use. I'm a big fan of colour. Um, well, very emotive. So what I'm yeah. trying to do is capture those feelings and to uh, put, um, and use all these different techniques. Use colour. Use uh, use the texture. Use the style to be able to create that emotion and and to make it emotive. Because as you say, colour is really really interesting there's so much wonderful color theory there's so much so much meaning behind every color um and it it, it is it, it's those things there which very much attract me to be able to pull these cues to be able to pull out a memory of my head create a visual of that and then hand that to you as the viewer to be able to look at that and for you to see that f- feel the same emotion but then to be able to apply your own place to that yeah uh, that's one of the kind of the great joys with all of my work is there's a certain energy which goes along with being able to make that connection. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We're going to be sharing some links to your work in the show notes below so people can go and delve into it. But I'm going to take you back a little bit into the past yeah. and um, talk about when you were growing up. So what, what parts of sort of creativity or creative pursuits play in your childhood? Um, interesting. I think in my childhood, the kind of creative pursuits, uh, I mean, there was always colouring, there was always some kind of making of things. Um, I, I mean, my mother has a whole lot of bad ashtrays of bad pottery experiments gone wrong. And weirdly enough, she kept them all, um, which is an interesting point. At what point do you throw out your artist's bad art? <laughs> Um, is there such a thing as bad art that's a question for uh, you I I, maybe my process has moved on since (laughs) uh, since I was six fashioning um, like coils out of clay Um, I think that that creativity was always there interestingly enough I think my father is an incredibly creative man but he wouldn't he would definitely not identify as artist or anything like that because i see that creativity comes out of like problem solving the, the an amazing thing which my which my father can do um, is see something and then turn that into something else for example he saw a lawnmower and turned it into a into a tree shredder thing so wow that, yeah i mean ha- hazardous as you could possibly imagine yeah (laughs) Um, but that kind of creative thinking but what I love is that um, I once uh, took him to the Tate Modern and he was more interested in the building and the bricks and the the structure than he was with the art on the walls and it was it was one of those moments which, which made me realize oh you're creative that this is a different sort of creative to the way which I am but we are both solving problems yeah uh, he, he, he's solving problems of how to get rid of his tree 
when not having a tree shredder and I'm sort of solving the problems of how to communicate with people. Yeah, and the thing is, I think when we think of creativity, I very much think of this, a lot of it's the uh, ability to see things can be something else, mm. you know, whether it's a sort of, it's words or it's visual, it's just the ability to not just, oh, that's just what I'm seeing. I'm see, I, you can see something else behind it. Yeah. You can perceive it in a different way. And it sounds like your father was amazing at that. Exactly. Are you familiar with the artist uh, uh, who goes by the name of Morley? He's a street artist who paints these. Yeah, I've heard his name, yeah. Tell one me of more. the pieces I have inside my studio up against the wall is, is like one of his pieces. And it says, creativity is the curse of seeing the world how it should be. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great quote. I was like, that's amazing. That's, that, that, that's the curse because everywhere I look, I'm like, oh, you could, do, you could do that like that or you could do that like that or that like that. So that kind of energy of being able to use that creativity to see all these things. And then it's channeling that into the, what's the, what's the right things for your creativity? Because I've come to the conclusion that for the thousands of ideas I have every day, they aren't all my ideas. They aren't all things which I have to do. So I have a new approach since this whole like, COVID thing. Uh, I've decided that I'm gonna let these ideas out. So, so when I have these kind of crazy ideas, I was like, yeah, why not? Let's let's share them with the world maybe they will resonate with somebody they will take that and turn that into their own idea make that bigger I think that's really important as well because I think I'm a bit like you I, I have lots of ideas and it's making those choices as to which ones you spend the time on yeah. like and which but then I I'm, but then I'm also I sort of have a battle with okay I need to focus on this journey and this this way mm. of producing work but then there's a sense of like no I, I actually want to share everything with everybody because who knows someone else might take it and do something better with it you know I think at different points of the creative journey which we are all on uh, I was going to say creative career that just doesn't sound quite right but um and it becomes important to be able to say no say no i'm going to focus on this this is my pure this is the thing which i'm trying to achieve i'm going to push everything else aside for a moment before coming back to this uh, before coming back to this or that crazy thing or that crazy thing so it but in but in other points i do think it's all about saying hey there's all these things which i want to do and i can do all of them yeah so in terms of like finding your, you know, artistic or creative voice, mm. um, you obviously, you know, do a lot of prints. And when did you start to sort of hone your work down to working in that medium? Uh, well, this is really interesting. So I, uh, I um, because I wear lots of different hats, one of the other hats I wear is I work inside a advertising agency. And I look after the creative work of all of the digital things. So, you know, all those annoying banner ads and all those websites and all those sorts of things there. I've, I've looked after those and I got incredibly frustrated with that because I wasn't actually making anything. I mean, sure, it was some light splashed on a screen somewhere, but I wasn't actually getting ink up to my elbows, making a mess, pushing things around. So, um, what I did is I took a evening course in like printmaking some <clears throat> 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and it's from that point there where I felt the need to actually make a mess, get something done, is where I started my, uh, my journey to become an artist. 
So the, the and through that process, I experimented with different sorts of printmaking before I discovered the machine in the corner, which no one used, and used that in a completely irresponsible way, um, <laughs> which has allowed me to be able to create this voice and to be able to put these thoughts which I've been having about about the memory and being able to look back as well as look forward from that memory point um, uh, to, to be able to find the visual language to be able to support that. So, no, no, go on. No, I was going to say, I mean, I remember when we, we first met at um, the other art fair and one of the things that's key in your work, I think you said, was was the influence of music. Um, I mean, you're, and, and I think I remember saying to you, like your, your piece is very evocative of sort of sound waves mm -hmm. as well. So there's that whole mood going on. To explain a bit more about the music influence. Well, every, in my mind, music and sound are very much a trigger for those emotions. So there's, a, I will, I'll know when a piece is done, when I have that trigger in my head of what, this, what the piece is actually like singing to me, because that then will instantly give me a moment. Um, so, Every piece which I do always has a couple of lyrics from the song um, out of it. And because I have quite the vast kind of record collection, they are like, like the third verse of the B-side and those kind of weird things. But if you do, uh, if you do punch them into Google, you'll, you will hear the music or you can, you can find the music there. Um, a really kind of interesting side point upon that is all of these kind of shapes and forms, as you say, you see, you see in the sound waves because you work in sound and those things. Um, all this whole um, tranche of work actually started out with me um, trying to recreate the um, the cover of Joy Division's first album. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is Unknown Pleasures for for all the people at home who don't know. Um, fantastic band from the late seventies who had. Um, whose album cover was designed by Peter Saville, someone else you should look up, everyone at home. Um, and on the front cover, they had the sound of a dying star, um, which is ironic given the band. Um, but it was a series of sound waves um, uh, and, this, and it's made up this landscape. And it was that thought there, it was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I was doing my version of that and it's, spawned into a great um a great body of work from there yeah and uh, yeah as you were saying you 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 have a little when your pieces are up you have like the lyrics on there and i think that's really sort of insightful do you um do you get a lot of questions about like why you share those lyrics with the pieces well i get a lot of people asking uh asking me if i'm a poet uh, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah kind of maybe um but what i find really interesting is how quickly people lock into a memory with just a couple of words um and also because uh some of the words i use are used by different people so it's really interesting to see who's the will i am fan versus who's the biggie fan um, <laughs> and it's just a different audience um all of a sudden yeah. so it's those kind of things which i really like because once again going back to this idea of memory different people are able to see the same thing or hear the same thing and think of something else and and i love that idea yeah, I've, I'm always really fascinated by that, that whole kind of, you know, everyone could be looking or listening to the same thing. And, and, and yet, because of everything they're bringing to the party, everything yeah. they've seen and experienced up to that point, yeah. they've got a whole different set of 
you know, mm. sort of processes going on in their head. I think that's fascinating. But, but what I find even more fascinating is with your own like memories and your own thoughts, because of the way which our brains work and how how the kind of neuro neuroplasticity of our brains, that's a mouthful for you, isn't it? But whenever you remember something, whatever you are like remembering right now, because you know you, look, you looked up and to the left, so you actually thought of a memory, um, that memory there is only a memory of the last time you remembered that. So um, each memory you have is just the, rem the, the memory of the last time. So yeah. you're building up these chains and rewriting that memory over and over again. And obviously you change between each of these memories. So the thing which you're writing is changing and changing every time, um, which, which once again, that means that your memory is so incredibly unreliable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and, and, and even when you're a hundred percent sure of that's how it happened, someone else there from that point, you know, or will, will more than likely see it in a completely different way. It's really interesting when you come to think about prints, because you do a lot of monotypes, don't you, yeah. which are one-off yeah. prints. Aren't one -off they? Prints. So yeah. it's kind of like using the printing press, like a paintbrush. So mm -hmm. there's only going to be one of them. There can only be one of them. I, I'm not making a plate or a screen or anything like that to be able to do multiple. So I, in my case, I'm actually inking up the bed of the press itself and then making my marks into it. And what was your decision process for doing that as opposed to using sort of other types of printing? Well, honestly, it first started about um, for speed. Yeah. Uh, because I... I was working on plates and I would spend a year kind of etching away and um, working my way through it. And by using this press here, which is a proofing press, which is designed to put on ink fast and to be able to, to, be able to test your, to, able to, to like test your type. Um, that that in, enabled me to move quickly and to be able to put on, uh, put, put ink onto the page quickly. Then I decided that, no, I want to do that over and over and over and over and over again, uh, which is where the time process kind of <laughs> comes yeah. from. To it. But I quite like that sort of like yin and yang of that. I can make a mark quickly, but then I can take that, I can work over the top of that. So once again, it's more like painting than printing. Yeah, exactly. And you just invested in a rather large piece of equipment. I just bought my very own prints, uh, my very own printing press. So as with most printmakers, they will go to a studio, they'll work in a community studio. Um, and I've been looking for my own press for a little while. So I have a brand new German iron baby, uh, which is two and a half ton and two and a half meters long. So wow. it's big, it's very big. But what this, what, what I really like about this is that it enables me to print um, even larger than I worked mm. before. So um, a lot of my work is large scale. Uh, because I because I like the idea of creating windows and doors into uh, into these worlds which I create. So the, the prospect of being able to go larger was just something which I could not say no to. Uh, so I was like, "Yep, yeah, got to do this," even if that means finding a new studio. <laughs> which you've mentioned in it, probably that you might have to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's really exciting because having that mm. sort of access to to your to your you know key piece of equipment is is going to be really interesting to see where your work's going to take you um what's 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 
what's on, on the cards there? The cards? Well, for me, this piece of equipment is, yes, it's going to enable me to work at a bigger size. Yes, it's going to help me uh, not have to try to keep to the slots inside the studio. I can work at any time and all those things. So I have a whole lot more freedom. But on the other side, this piece of equipment will allow me to build a community. So um, something I think is really important to creativity is uh, seeing how different people work and having those discussions about the work and even just the, oh, that's kind of interesting. I might steal that little bit, <laughs> that bit and um, bring it together. So what I'm hoping to do is out the back of this printing press is find, a, um, find some other people to come and work on it with me so, so that they can go and make some great art as well and um, I can build up a bigger community of friends. So that creative conversation I think is vital for any person who's working in in the creative industries so that collaboration and that yeah. you know things thing that we've really missed in 2020 is sort of those conversations that just happen yeah. you know that lead to an idea um one thing I want to ask you is that obviously with printing there's some technical aspects to it that you have yep. to get right yep. what are the sort of tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way that have been super helpful to you um, to your work Super helpful is make sure your fingers are away from the roller as it's going through. First right. tip for anybody, that's quite painful and um, gets quite messy. Um, tips and tricks about the, uh, using the printing press. I think that, the, I mean, without getting kind of too, too, too kind of technical and things, I think the biggest thing is to spend time with the press and to be able to uh, learn how it works for you. Uh, because everybody uses these these pieces of equipment in different ways. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not using it for its intended purpose. I'm I'm doing it the wrong way, inverted wrong way. But I found my process by making a mistake. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. Like um, but like they but they always say all those kind of great discoveries aren't aren't eureka moments. They're more oh, that's hmm. Yeah, cool. we learn so much from mistakes, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that that is the important thing is, and also with printmaking is don't have too much of an idea of what you want the end product to, to be because it needs to be a dance between you and the printing press because the printing press will never do exactly what you want <laughs> And I love that. It's a bit of a dance. That's amazing. Yeah, but what that does is it gives you... Um, serendipity and for me serendipity is really important because what I'm doing is I'm putting down lots and lots of layers over the top of each other and I'm never quite sure how much is going to go down how much is going to come up so even though I have a destination in in mind I think it's okay to well it's took me a long time to be able to work out this is even though there's a destination it's okay to deviate and go off and do something else I can't imagine you're someone who's ever stuck for an idea, Matt. Um, but if you are sort of thinking about like maybe a color choice or mm. something like that, what, what's, what are your sort of influences or inspirations that you pull, well, pull from regularly? That's an interesting thing because I think I'm quite regularly stuck for ideas. Huh. Um, for me, the kind of best thing which I did was bought uh, was buy Brian Eno's cards. Do you know the oblique strategies? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of those actually. Um, yeah, and for me, that instantly made me embrace uh, embrace chaos. So, so with my work, th th there is definitely a whole, a whole lot of trying to control chaos. 
So I, uh, I went through a whole stage of trying to get the colors perfectly flat and to be able to define each layer perfectly. But now I'm trying to progress further on from that and just saying, yeah, I, I'm going to take the like tear of this paper. I'm going to take this. So it's not so much about the individual mark, but to take that step, step back and see how it all works together. So, yeah. so 2021, what does that hold for you in terms of obviously getting to know your new piece of equipment? Yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to take a step back a little bit so that I have time to get to know this piece of equipment so that I don't feel the, the rush and the push to be able to do all the shows, do the exhibitions and things like that, so that I can create some new work. Mm. Um, so I think whilst that's happening, I'm probably going to do some more painting. Um, I've been very, very interested in the way which... Uh, about creating objects which change and the, like the changing memory which we we're talking about before I've been looking at different ways to be able to show to, to be able to show that changing nature of the way which we are like remember things so yeah you've been working uh, quite a lot with some different types of paint haven't you yeah, the different temperatures it it, it it responds and becomes different colors so it starts to become it gives them more of a textural element which which I find really quite interesting and I've also been looking at various things like lenticulars um, which are those things when you look from a different angle. You probably had a ruler when you were a kid, um, <laughs> <laughs> which you played with. Um, yeah. so, it's, so the idea of being able to create moving things, and um, I, I'm also in the mix of a uh, collaboration with a fashion designer. So I kind of like the idea of working out the layering and working out the movement as, as the person wears, wears this dress. Well, I'm fantastic. I very much look forward to seeing some of that. That's going to be amazing. Um, thank you so much for talking to us today, Matt. I really, really oh, enjoyed talking to you. And I hope that we'll get to see each other at an art fair or something in, the, in real person, real life soon. So well, <laughs> I hope that you're going to come down to my studio and um, meet my new press. Yes, I would love to. And I've never, I've never actually done any printing well. of that kind. So maybe you can give me a bit of a tutorial. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Community. Yes, exactly. Cool. Thanks very much, Matt. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Bye.